This is Pivot Perspectives with Chris O'Byrne, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on their road to success and get exclusive access on how to implement their success into your life and business. Pivot Perspectives is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Chris O'Byrne. So welcome, Kameen. I am so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Chris. I really am excited to to be with you. Well, thank you. I'm going to go way back and ask you, what is a story from your childhood that you feel was instrumental in developing into you into who you are today? It's such a great question because it's kind of, I'm going to come at it kind of from the, the negative side of things. I grew up in a, in a family in, outside of D.C., and um, we were like the only black family in the neighborhood and all of, and all of our um, uh, neighbors had horses and things. And so phrases that I heard as a kid were, you know, we were robbing Peter to pay Paul, or, you know, I always knew that money, you know, money was tight, especially with four kids. And the only thing that I ever remember outside of that uh, rob Peter to pay Paul that my mom said, or either parents said was, uh, you know, don't file bankruptcy. And I don't even know what that meant. I was a teenager, right? So fast forward after my military career, it's actually the second to the last day. And I go in to get my final check. And I had always wanted to be in business. And so that's primarily why I, why I was leaving was to start a business. I had already started one, but I was very leveraged. And so when I went to get that check, I had saved up my vacation. I had taken money to stay in. So I knew I had to pay him back, but I had put that in my budget. And the government had taken pretty much all but a fraction of what I was expecting. And I remember saying, you know, I'm going to have to file bankruptcy. Now, I don't remember having that thought prior. It just literally was a subroutine underneath waiting for its opportunity, like don't Anytime we put a don't in front of something, it's like, file, file, file. What does that mean? And so fast forward 14 months, I ended up filing. And uh, and then a, a few months later, in a three-day period, Chris, I got a uh, the bankruptcy discharge, the foreclosure of two home notices, and an IRS audit. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> And it took my breath away. And literally, I thought, I, I can't survive this. And I remember walking into the kitchen and standing in the doorway, and there were knives across the way. And I thought, I could just end this. I, I don't think I can survive this. And in a flash of an instance, flash of an instance, I realized I had rehearsed, I'm going to have to file bankruptcy until it became live in my life. And if I, re and I knew if I rehearsed the thought, I can't survive this. Um, I would create something, some momentum that I wouldn't be able to, to take back. And so I made a, a vow that day, even if the thought came in, I wouldn't entertain it. But that began my quest. If I could create the thought, how do I uncreate it? How do I shifted. Other people have survived things. How do I do that? And so that became my, my quest of learning how to rewire, restructure my own money DNA, so to speak, 
uh, into something that would uh, be prosperous. So after, well, tell me about your time in the military, because that's a pretty significant piece to the whole equation here of who you are. Well, I had a I had a great nine years in the military. It was a little challenging at the beginning uh, as the first African-American female uh, helicopter pilot, but I was only the second one to complete, get my commission out of the military. And, and the first one had done it seven years earlier, uh, Brenda Robinson. And so for me, um, I was a scared little 22-year-old, um, you know, lived a very sheltered life. Uh, so I had I had to learn to toughen up and and kind of grow up very quickly, uh, but I loved and I hadn't wanted to fly, so I just that was kind of a whim, uh, discuss a decision, and then a backed up by kind of a a spiritual kind of knowing <laughs> that that's what I should try, uh, but the opportunity to fly uh, in the Navy and the opportunity to travel the world was something that I really loved and got to experience so many amazing things and get as many ratings as I, I could as a maintenance pilot, as an instructor pilot, as a standardization pilot, and and being able to show, like, really own that that's what, that's what I was supposed to be doing at that time in my life. Do you have any favorite moments from when you were in? There are a few. Uh, there was one moment when I was in flight school and I was uh, going out with the weather pilot, which meant that we were the first to launch that day. And so we were coming back just after 7 a.m. And I just remember coming back and just feeling like, man, that I've already done what I needed to do today and, and flown and it was in helicopters. And so it was, it was just this feeling of um, just acknowledging myself for what I had created. Um, I think uh, one other one is uh, at my very last at sea deployment, I got to plan the operation. It was a seven, a seven ship, three helicopters. Um, uh, we were, exchanging the new ship was coming on it was our we were getting ready to go home and uh, in the Mediterranean and so we were offloading groceries to to the fleet and so it was just a fun day and as we were coming back to the ship um, the the other ships had their crew up on deck and saluted us and it was a great way to complete a six-month deployment and, and and go home back to the states. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So then when you got out of the military, what came next? Well, really going into business for myself, I really had wanted that. And I wanted to experience creating something. And unfortunately, I didn't know what I know now, <laughs> that we can choose a vision, but the strategy may change. The company and the type of business I chose wasn't really for me. It is not on them. It just wasn't a, a fit for me. And so I just, I didn't thrive in it. I also wasn't prepared coming out of the military. I really didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what it meant that the military was taking care of everything. You know, we got paid for housing. We got our medical was taken care of. 
you know, we got stipends as pilots. And so to, to lose, to, you know, lose that in a day and then be on my own and not really know really how to take care of myself as well as I could. Uh, and I think, you know, we see that in a lot of military coming out, like we're used to being told kind of what to do and when to do it and how to show up, but, and then we have to kind of grow up and, and take care of it. But, uh, it, it was, um, after after my business failed in the bankruptcy and the foreclosures, I had to really reassess my life. And from there, I went back to things that I loved. What do I, you know, asking myself, like, really, what am I good at? What do I love to do? At the time, it was computers. And I had grown up with the first PCs and mainframe computers for those kids who don't know what those are. You can Google it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh and so I went into computers and learned HTML and got a, a corporate job as a web developer and then grew my corporate career up to a director in one company and from director to vice president in another. I, I remember because when I first went into school, uh, one of my classes was in Fortran. So when, when you said subroutines earlier, I'm like, yeah, I can tell she was in the in tech. <laughs> and our first programming was actually on those punch cards for the mainframe. It was it was such a different time. Um, so what inspired you to start your current business? And tell us what your current business is, what you're doing now. So I am blessed that I get to coach a lot of coaches, I like to say coaches, coach and executives and business owners really on their mindset and wealth mindset. I get to use the things that I used in my own life on how to uh, turn my life around or achieve what I wanted to uh, and help others do that. And so I like to say that I've been coaching since elementary school. <laughs> so we had, uh, we were, you know, one of few people probably at that time that had two phone lines back in the day um, because uh, we have four kids. We could be on the calls and usually it was me trying to help people with their problems. And so I have always done that. I love helping people. And so a, a big part of my heart is to help people have greater impact in their life. And, and uh, as a, a part of, you know, learning to, to change my life, I, I'm a voracious learner. And so I love to take what I learn and help it make sense to other people so that they can see themselves differently. And so being a coach now uh, full time for over 10 years has just been just, just a joy for me. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you're a voracious learner because you have several graduate degrees. <laughs> and Yes, I've I don't know if you wanted. <laughs> yes, you definitely have collected them. They'll they'll all be listed in the uh, in the about the author page, and people will will get to hear about all of those. Uh, it's it's impressive. Now, in your work as a coach, do you have a like, let's say, a specific framework or methodology? Well, let's see. That's a great question. Framework. What I'm really doing with clients is helping to, to tune into who they really are. So some of the frameworks that I use is I use some of the uh, assessments that come from positive psychology, like the VIA Institute's um, 
uh, character strengths. And I love to point out to people who they are or the YOS and really helping people understand their why at the core of who they are. And then it's really, uh, I also, <laughs> in, in the collection of things is I'm also a clinical hypnotherapist. And so the ability to go in not not from a you know make people cluck like a, a chicken, uh, but to, <laughs> <laughs> to to go in and and really um, go in and, and find the beliefs. So if that subroutine I had, don't file bankruptcy, was in there, other people have their own beliefs that are stopping them from the fullness of their life. And so for me, being able to use those tools to then clear the way and then help them identify who they are from their strengths, why they're here, and then move into um, whatever it is they'd like to create and realize it's just a step-by-step approach. That to me is, is some of the greatest things that I get to do every day. Oh, yeah. That sounds pretty marvelous. So <laughs> looking back, who have been some of the that's a key influences or mentors that have influenced your life. Wow. There's so many. Um, when I think as many as you want, Oh, good. (laughs) I think, you know, when I think of the foundational mentors beyond my family, because there are some amazing family members who have, who have like my mom and dad and my sister and brothers and whatever, but foundationally at the heart of what I do is kind of spiritual psychology. And so I have one of my master's is in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica and doctors Ron and Mary Holnick have had such a huge influence on my life because it was the first time that I, I, I really got to see who the true Camine was, not the masked Camine, the mission Camine, whatever. And so that really laid me into this that framework of kind of seeing the essence of a human being and who they are and seeing their greatness. Um, another one would be, uh, I've been blessed to coach with Steve Chandler, who they call the godfather of coaching. And I've, I've been with him for many years and written my latest book is with him, Wealth Creation for Coaches. And uh, just being able to expand my mind and see um, how to kind of have a laid back approach to creating prosperity and doing it from a relationship based and a, even a spiritual base has been fun. Um, I would add in here also because I have a now a PhD in positive neuropsychology. So the positive psychologists like Martin Seligman or Carol Dweck are, are I'm a huge fan of Barbara Fredrickson. And then now on this neuroscience side, you know, Jonathan Haidt and others, and now a new one, Dr. Larry Farwell, he's written a book called um, the science of creating miracles that kind of, for me, put the, neuroscience and quantum physics and the spirituality, it, you know, wove that beautifully together. Um, and so there, there've been many, I've got, you know, business mentors like Dan Vega and, uh, and Gay Hendricks has had a huge influence on my life. And so uh, it's just, I, like I said, I gather information, synthesize it, help make sense, and then share it back to my clients and, and the world. Mm, that's a great use of that. Now, you don't just do coaching, you also do speaking as well, right? Yes, I do. I'd love to speak. 
So do you have a, a signature talk that you give or is it varied depending on the audience? It's varied. And at the heart of it, it's always going to come back to mindset and, and kind of what do we rehearse? Uh, because that's that's what I've lived and really helping people understand that whatever we rehearse, we actually create. And so let's create consciously. And our ability to create consciously can really transform our lives. And, and that's kind of my next phase mission is really to try to look at kind of generational and industry poverty from a different way that education, you know, if I look at myself, I, you know, you, no, there's no judgment on this. I come from slaves, right? So there's slavery is, was the thing, but the ability for us to see that, oh, same look and feel of, of a human. I, my family is all edu- uh, lots of education. And so my mother got her doctorate at, 50, at 61, you know, my wow. dad had an MBA from Stanford. And, and so there, throughout our lineage is a lot of education that was in, important. And it's just that many people don't know what they don't know. They don't have access yeah. to how to change their mindset, how to thrive in a new way, how to, how to look at their gifts and abilities and monetize them. That's really kind of my superpowers, monetizing strengths. And so uh, that to me and being able to to share that message with audiences that they can, they can transform their lives from the inside out, their wealth from the inside out, their relationships, whatever, it starts with us inside. So then looking back on your on your journey, entrepreneurial or otherwise, uh, what would you say have been one or two of the most valuable lessons you've learned? So many. Um, let me, I think one that really comes to mind right away is, is as educated as I, I grew up in, it was like, you know, do things the right way all the time. <laughs> there wasn't as much of a learning, like we had to be perfect little kids. And so, uh, when I had challenges, I didn't understand that mistakes are just learning lessons. I took them personally. And, and that taking that personally then meant um, I, it, it delayed my recovery because then I was judging myself and seeing myself as a failure and living in shame and guilt and worry and all of that versus like, oh, that just didn't work. And so one of the things that I I share with people a lot of of times is to put a hyphen in that mistake and, you know, miss hyphen take. And when we think of the arts, they freely make mistakes, right? In the films you make, you have a, let's, you know, take 135. Okay. Let's, let's do it again. Uh, Or musicians, some of the best work that has happened, it comes from a, a miss hyphen take. And so our ability for us as ordinary people to realize, I don't have to take it seriously. It's just that that particular strategy didn't work. Let's try it. What's what's something new I can try? And so me kind of adopting that 
vision versus strategy. The vision holds steady. The strategy can change. A testing orientation to life and a learning orientation to life have been some of the things that have really um, allowed me to also then, you know, as I mentioned in my last book, Wealth Creation for Coaches, we talked about the stair-step approach. Really, many times we try to leap too far and our limiting beliefs can get in the way when we do that. But if we take just a little baby step, then we can we can get some wins and create momentum. Oh, that's really good. To go along with that, do you have any, say, parting words of advice that you'd like people to know? Well, I, I love that. I, I mean, I think I would say... For everyone, it's like, what would you like? To, what would you like to create? And then listen for the thought right behind that. Um, what has stopped you from creating it up until this point? What's that voice? I was just working with a client, and one of my other favorite uh, influences in books is uh, *The War of Art* by Stephen uh, oh. Pressfield. And they didn't really understand resistance. And I said, resistance is that thing. Resistance is hiding resistance, right? (laughs) Resistance is going to confuse you on resistance so that you don't realize that resistance is that is the barrier for us to actually move forward with our lives as, as art, our creativity, our genius, our zones of genius. And so whatever it is that you want to create, listen for the voices that say no, and then ask whose voice is it? Is it really yours? Is it a teacher that told you you couldn't draw or sing or write or like for me, even be a coach, right? And and the ability for us to realize that that voice is created And to set that voice aside and take one small action, it's gold. We can can do anything if we just take that next baby step. Uh, That is some powerful advice. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, so how can people find out more about you? Well, you can go to kameensamuel.com and you can always reach out to me through there. I have a lot of videos on YouTube and, and... uh, my books, everything is access, accessible from my website, kameensamuel.com. Perfect. I'll make sure that's available for people. Thank you so much. I mean, I really appreciate you being on. This is, it was a little bit last moment and you, the, uh, some valuable information today. Well, thank you so much. And I, it's really an honor to be here. And I really appreciate this opportunity. It's just been fun having a conversation with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Bye now. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pivot Perspectives with your host, Chris O'Byrne. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advice on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.